Enoch walked with God. We have started a new series this year by faith, and Enoch is going to be the second one that we consider in our series. But I want you to consider tonight the subject, this was no ordinary walk. I like to walk. This morning was a little brisk. I got out on my way here, and at 7.30, before I climbed out of that car to take my walk, I saw that it was 30, uh, I believe 38 degrees. It was a little bit chilly, and I thought walking would warm me up. It certainly did not. Uh, I'm Texan in my DNA, and my blood is thin, but it encouraged me to walk faster. But uh, we're talking about a walk with God, a super extraordinary walk. And when we see this terminology in Scripture, you would think this would be found often. We know others were with God or uh, walked before God. But when you see the terminology, uh, walked with God, that only occurs four times. Noah, uh, Levi, and in this case, Enoch twice. So despite the fact that it ought to be common, it's not like it was that common. Uh, why was this so extraordinary? Let me say number one, and I normally don't do literated outline unless it just falls in my lap, and tonight it just fell into my lap. Amen? And it was extraordinary because of his walking companion. It was God himself. Now, I walk often. My favorite person to walk with is God. I like to walk and pray. Uh, my knees, I, I know I'm young enough that it shouldn't be a problem, but um, my mind is sharper and uh, my, my prayer is, is better. I feel like my comfort zone is, is more in walking mode and I think that I can walk with God. I've walked with other people and normally, yeah, I'm not going to testify. Normally, when the people walk, you say walk in there, they're thinking slow motion. Gene is a walker. James is a walker. Uh, but there's no one better to walk with than God. And if, if you walk, look what it says. Enoch walked with God after he began Methuselah. What's it saying? 300 years. Now, it's one thing to have a walking partner for a day or for a week, for a month or a year, or 15 years, you have to really like each other if you walk together for 300 years. That means that God liked his company, Enoch liked God's company. Now let me ask you a question. Is it even your desire to walk with God? Is there something burning inside of you that says, I need to walk with God? I've often thought, and I want to check my motives, and I've asked myself, Adam, if you weren't pastoring and you weren't preaching and teaching all the time, would you walk and pray like you do now? Because you're motivated. You, you know you need God. You know the difficulty of ministering and how ridiculous it would be to endeavor that without God and God's power and God's hand in your life. But what about the ordinary person that's not preaching every day or teaching every day or meeting with people every day, would they have the same motivation? Well, in Enoch's case, talking about a very ordinary person, 
with an extraordinary walk, and for 300 years, you see him in the very presence of God. And now, uh, let me say, here's why it was extraordinary too, because when he chose God as his companion, his companion that meant his direction was already set. Amen. Amen. I have walked with James and, and Jean on several occasions, and James goes five, eight, 10, 12 miles, and on several mornings I would uh, get with him. The only problem is I don't have a morning to walk. I have a, an hour to walk or 30 minutes to walk, and I would walk with them for a while and then depart. You know that's the way the average Christian does with God. I'll walk with you, God, for a little while. I'll walk with you on Wednesday. I'll walk with you during the revival. I'll walk with you until it becomes difficult. But in order for me to walk with James, that meant we had to be going in the same direction for an extended period of time. And you know why most Christians don't walk with God for an extended period of time? At some point, they stop going in God's direction. Young people, let me tell you this. Every temptation in life, every distraction in life is a fork in the road. And God always goes the way of righteousness. And you've got to make a decision. If I'm going to keep walking with him or if I'm going to go my own way and catch up with him later. In your walk with God, you don't just catch up with God later. You better, you're going to have to go back to that fork in the road and say, this is where I missed him. This is where I left him. But at the end of the day, I want to make sure I'm walking the same path, the same direction every single day. I, young, young men, I, they're talking about Oklahoma Baptist College. I went to that college and I'm, I was looking through a yearbook this past week and seeing faces of men that came to a fork in the road and now they've taken a totally different direction, a totally different path. We're not talking about after 258 years. We're not talking about after 195 years. We're talking about five years in, six years in, eight years in. Someone deciding, you know, God, I don't like the direction. Can you imagine man in his pride that say, God, I don't like the direction you're going? I, I just want you to know, I think my path is better. My trail, you know, is, is just a better choice. Uh, let me say that Enoch uh, didn't allow anything in his life to deter him or to distract him from his walk with God. Have you ever walked with someone? Now, now this is what I'm talking about, walking with people. This is why I don't walk with my wife. She's easily enthralled with everything going on around her. Nature, deer, birds. She loves birds. Trees. Those are all good, but when you go to walk, you're not there to look at houses, you're not there to look at birds. You're there to get it done. You know how many people say they're going to walk with God? I can't tell you how many people open up their Bible. They're going to walk with God. And then they're distracted. And God, this month, I'm dedicating it to you. And somehow in his ordinary life, he said, I'm going to walk with God. And God is being very specific here in Scripture when he gives us these details. And he said, Enoch walked with God after he began Methuselah. Three hundred Years. Do you see the Holy Spirit of God trying to highlight something for us? You know what? Everyone in here ought to make that your goal. 
God, let me walk with you for 300 years. I, I'm not going to allow anything else. And young people, guess what? Every day you've got to make a decision. I'm going to choose this or my walk with God. You're sitting in front of a television set and you're saying, okay, this is going to disturb my walk with God. Okay, I'm done. You're in a conversation. You've got to say, if this is going to disturb my walk with God, I'm done with the conversation. You have to say, if I'm going to maintain God in my thoughts and this right here is not something he would like to be included in, I'm done with this thought. And there, there are places that I don't, I don't go and people I don't get around and things I simply don't do. And they may be good people and decent places, but I know how that affects my walk with God. So I have to limit myself or distance myself and say, at the end of the day, I've got to make a choice. It's my walk with God or that endeavor or that person or that hobby or that, not that it's wicked, but there's a choice to be made. In order, in order to do this, I'm walking with God or I take a step away. Now we understand, I think too often we put walking with God in the context of I have my face in God's word and you ought to have your face in God's word. But walking with God is a mentality that's every day, what am I doing that pleases God? We put these two, we don't, the Holy Spirit of God puts these two phrases together. He walked with God, he had this testimony that what? Now the two are combined. If you're pleasing God, you're walking with God. If you're walking with God, you're pleasing God. So whatever I include in my day that doesn't please God means I've stopped walking with God. I've separated myself from God. Number two, this is an extraordinary walk because these were extraordinary walking conditions. I want you to think for a minute that text we read in Hebrews, what does it say? By I consider Enoch's faith much greater than our faith because at the end of the day, he had no church. He didn't have a pastor. He didn't have a Bible in his hands. We're talking about not even the law, not even Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, or Deuteronomy. Now think about this for a minute, Christians. How much we struggle to walk with God, and that's in a Christian school environment, in a Bible college environment, in a church environment, and... You're around church people all the time. You have a pastor. You have people holding you accountable. And you have Christian friends. And you have the Holy Spirit of God indwelling you. And you have Christian radio and a library filled with Christian books. And still, we say, I really didn't walk with God on Monday. I missed him on Tuesday. And we have everything concerning our condition, literally, Our walking conditions are perfect. There are often moments that I choose in my day. I don't walk at a specific time. You know what I choose to walk? When it's convenient for me. When I have the right clothes, when the weather is just right, when I get a little bit of shade, I choose the right spot. Nine times out of ten, I am choosing the most perfect conditions in my day to make my walk easier and too often our walk with God is just like that. If the walking conditions are absolutely perfect, I'll walk with God. But what about Enoch's walking conditions? Brother Cam used to send me pictures occasionally. I appreciate the fact he prays for our ministry. He prays for your pastor. But he sent me a picture before New York where he literally goggles, ski goggles, hat, snowsuit, and he's walking in the snow. Jenny, am I right? I mean, that guy is a maniac. During 
Our snow last year, when everything was shut down, no one could drive. I, I was out with, with Devin because he had a four-wheel drive, and we were watching people slide all over, and we were trying to get out and help some people. And when we turned, I said, look up there in the hill. Those three figures look like my sheep. He said, what are you saying? The only person that can be with two kids out in the snow in these conditions has to be Ryan. And we, we stopped on the hill, and the wind is blown. It's freezing cold. No one in their right mind is out except Ryan with his kids. I said, Ryan, jump in. You want to ride? He said, oh, no, we're walking to H-E-B. <laughs> Ryan, jump in. Are you out of your mind? Very few people brave those kind of walking conditions, those weather conditions. You know why this was so unique and why he got his name at Scripture? Because as far as we know, he was the only one that braved these conditions to walk with God. Now, we do know that he made a choice. Uh, here, you, you say, what kind of revelation did he have? Keep your finger here and let's look at Jude real quick. Because here's the blessing of walking with God. He's going to speak to you directly. And in this case, he gave Enoch a special revelation. Here's, you say, Pastor, what was his walking conditions? Well, number one, he was walking with very little light. How many of you normally take a, a, a hike in the dark? I've done that hunting a couple times. It's miserable. It's dangerous. I don't enjoy it. I'm only motivated by the presence of fools that are with me that have encouraged me to do it. Those aren't great walking conditions. And guess what he was walking in? He was walking with God with very little light. Where, where was the light? Think about all the light you have. If you're a capital city, if you were born in a Christian home, if you were born with a Bible in your lap and a preacher behind the pulpit in a church that you basically grew up in, your whole life was light. And yet, and yet our kids and our parents and our members and our staff and our pastors struggle. With all that light and perfect walking conditions. Now, let me ask you this. What, what light did Enoch have? You know what he had? I, I believe he had an Adam that said, Enoch, let me, tell you about, let me tell you about the Garden of Eden. Let me tell you about how we walk with God. And so, Adam, tell, tell me how you did that. What, what you did. How did you meet with God? Do you think I can meet with God? Who do you think his connection to God was? The only revelation he had was we, we messed things up. We were kicked out of the garden. And as a result, it, it cost me one of my boys. And in all of that, God gave us a promise. And there is a seed to come and a Savior to come. But that was the extent of his light. Can you imagine if that's all the information you had to build your walk with God off? You're going to walk with God, but you, you're going to wake up and you don't have a Bible to read? Tell me about your devotional life if you didn't have a Bible. Tell me about your devotional life if you didn't have a Holy Spirit. Now, here's what we, we see as he began to walk with God. God began to speak to him. That's what a walk is. Two people speaking together, talking together. 
So, and Enoch, verse 14, also the seventh from Adam, he prophesied of these, saying, Behold, the Lord cometh with 10,000 of his saints. Can you imagine? We understand this prophecy because we have the whole Bible. Can you imagine Enoch in his day? He stands up and says, The Lord cometh with 10,000 of his saints. Can you imagine the looks he got from the crowd he was preaching to? You think Sixth Street is rough. You think Austin is harsh. Go talk to Enoch's crowd with his message. He wasn't preaching John 3.16 or 3.36 or 1 John 5. He wasn't preaching, he that hath the Son hath life, and he, not, he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. That sits on the ears of the ears a whole lot better than behold the Lord cometh with 10,000 of his saints to execute judgment upon all, to convince all that are ungodly. This is the most ungodly verse in all the Bible. To convince all that are ungodly among them of their ungodly deeds, which they have ungodly committed, of all their hard speeches, which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. Do you think they're getting the idea? God's going to execute judgment upon you ungodly people. That was his message. That was his revelation. That was about the extent of his light. His light was this big, this long. That's about all he had. And with that light, he walked with God for 300 years. Oh, wait a minute. Go back with me to Genesis 5. There's one more little bit of light here in the verse. Enoch lived 60 and five years and begat Methuselah. Methuselah. His name means when he is gone, he shall come. Boy, you want to talk about a little light. Enoch's saying, what's going to happen to this ungodly world and when's the end of time going to be? That's what everyone's always asked. The disciples were around Jesus Christ and they were asking that constantly and Christ kept telling them, it's not something you need to know. I guarantee you, Enoch walked with God for 300 years. Sooner or later, he's going to ask the question. But his walk started, hold on for a second. So he lived 60 and 5 years and he begets Methuselah, and Enoch walked with God after he begat Methuselah. Did you get that? 300 years. So when did his walk with God start? After the birth of Methuselah. Well, what did he name Methuselah? After this boy is dead, he, God, will come. Judgment will fall. Guess what happened? At Methuselah's death, the flood. You know what God did? God gave him this much light. And he responded to the light, and he got serious. Now, if you've had a child, that child ought to motivate you to walk with God. You ought to say, I want this, this child, these children, to grow up in the ways of God, knowing the word of God. Uh, I want to make sure heaven is their home. Uh, hell is never the destiny of any of my children. But when God told him, this boy in his name, and when he goes, I will judge the world. You see in this the grace of God, because as far as we know, the oldest man to ever live, 969 years. That's the grace of God. God could let him live 58 years, or 358 years, or 558 years. He gave the world 969 years of grace. But when this boy was born, something got a hold of Enoch, and the light came on, and as he held that baby, you know what he said? For the rest of my life, 
This boy's going to know he has a dad that walks with God. Judgment's coming. And I don't want judgment to fall upon my children, upon their children, because dad never introduced them to God or introduced them to a faith in God. You understand the extraordinary conditions? And you know many Christians have never even walked with God enough for their children to catch the light and follow the light. And all we have in America in these days is light. Our walking conditions are perfect, and yet we don't walk with him. Enoch's walking conditions were nearly impossible. Many spiritually walk with God the way I walk based on the weather. If it's cold, Gene will wrap up and walk and say, Pastor, you want to go with me? You know what the answer always is? No way. No chance. Not happening. I don't walk in those kind of conditions with Gene. You know how many Christians tap out when the conditions walking with God aren't exactly perfect? You want to you see the walking conditions? Look what it says in chapter 6, verse 5. God saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continuing. Oh, Pastor, 2020 is so evil, it's so wicked, Austin, and the, the lifestyle this world is living in, transgender and homosexuality and fornication and adultery and theft and, and murder and lying and all the sins that come with a society that distances itself every day further and further from God. And we wake up today and say, can it get any worse? And then we wake up tomorrow and it does get worse. That's not new to 2022. The earth was so vile that God said the wickedness of man is so great that every single imagination of the thoughts of his heart, they're only evil continually. I'm sorry, that's not American 2022. And he repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth and it grieved him at his heart and he said, I will destroy this mess. And Enoch, in the midst of that, did what? He walked with God. Pastor, you don't understand my work environment. You don't understand Enoch's. You don't understand my city. You don't understand my boss. You don't, you don't understand my neighbors. You don't understand my family. You don't, you don't understand my past. All of that makes it incredibly difficult for me to walk with God. And what about Enoch? And most likely based on your age, you only have to do it 30 years. He had to do it 10 times that long. He had to stay strong for 300, three centuries. The more intense the pressure of society and the greater the corruption and weakness in the world, it only drew him closer to God instead of providing him an excuse to distance himself from God. Young man, I'm telling you something. I've had it easy. My generation has had it facilitated. Not only did I grow up in this church, I grew up around men of God, I went to revivals. Every night of the week, I had an opportunity to either be sewing, or reading the Bible, or going to a meeting with Jerry Lewis, or visiting surrounding towns, hearing Curtis Hudson, or Jack Kyles, or Lee Robertson, you name the man of faith, or the man of God, and we were there, and we sat in the service, 
All I had was perfect walking conditions, and yours have been nearly perfect up to this moment. You have the entire Word of God in your language. Bible story books, Bible story recordings. Christian music, he never heard that before. A pastor, he never had that. Youth pastor, he never had that. Christian school teacher, he never had that. A, a Holy Spirit of God that actually indwelt him, he never had that. Teen camp, never had that. Vacation Bible school, never had that. What, what exactly are you missing to walk with God? What crutch, what prop, what encouragement, what more accountability, what more would you need to facilitate a walk with God. Now, young people, let me say this. It's been pretty ideal up to this point as far as the circumstances for you to walk with God. But that's changing. Every day it's going to get a little more difficult for you to walk with God. So if today did not facilitate your walk with God, tomorrow is only going to get more difficult. That's why you decide to walk with God today. And you say, every day I'm going to make a choice and I'm not going to let anything distract me or deter me or deviate me from walking with God. And here's what you're going to have to do. Satan won't introduce things into your day to get you to make a choice. And it will either be my desire or my friendship or a pat on the back or, or my walk with God. Or that thing that I love to do, not sinful, I, I gotta make a choice today to play basketball with that. I haven't read my Bible yet. I gotta make a choice, a video game, or 30 minutes on the basketball court, or some time alone with God. It's, it's not, I'm gonna do 30 minutes of marijuana, Jerry. I don't know if marijuana is gonna interrupt your walk with God. I certainly hope not. Okay, so, so far, so good. But there are a million other things more dangerous than that that'll interrupt your walk with God. He was, look what it says in verse 22, Enoch walked with God. Now look, look at the phrase that follows. After he begat Methuselah. What were his walking conditions? He was walking while he was still burdened with all the responsibilities of a family and fatherhood. Now hold on for a second. It wasn't just Methuselah. Think about this. Then 300 years, he begets sons and daughters, and they beget sons and daughters. You know how many People were in those family reunions, Pastor Bob, after 300 years. Uh, you got some big family reunions, and you're only 70 plus. Can you imagine if God extended your life where you got to watch your family, and they didn't die, and for the next 300 years, they multiplied? Now, hold on for a second. Um, you have a car to facilitate your day, and a cell phone, and technology, and beside transportation and everything else. But, but what about a man who just survival man farming off the land? What about a bad year? He's responsible. He's got to teach these boys how to work and build a house. You, you didn't go to the bank and get a loan for a house that was already built. You, you didn't call up Nate Johnson and, and try to get him to put that thing together. No, you, you had to fabricate the bricks and put up the structure and constant maintenance. Whatever type of roof they were putting on that house, it needed constant maintenance. 
had a lot of responsibilities. But in the midst of that, here's what we get to thinking. We think our excuse is my responsibilities as a father, as a mother, as a employee, as a friend, all of these things that are constantly pulling me different ways. This is my prefabricated excuse, God, to give you 20 minutes of my day. Now, I don't, I don't know how he felt after 300 years. I know how I feel after 50. Do you understand Methuselah was this age right here when he started walking with God? And then he said, three centuries later, I think his family reunions after three centuries, Nate, was bigger than the crowd in this auditorium. And little kids. And, 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 and there comes a time in life when grandpas can only take so much noise from the little ones. I'm not a grandpa yet, but I've been around little ones. And, and then he said, you all get on your mules and, and head home because the hour is late and the, the noise level's been high and I need, about, I need about 65 of you to stick around and clean this mess up. Do, do we ever meditate on scripture or we just speed read this stuff? After he began Methuselah, he began to walk with God and his responsibilities are just multiplying. But he's saying, I want to make sure I'm teaching this family to walk with God. And in the midst of my responsibilities, I'm not using that as a pretext or an excuse that I'm too busy to walk with God. He said, I want my kids to walk with God. Is it any wonder to you that Noah was from his lineage. You know who Noah's great-granddaddy was? Enoch. Does that strike you as strange when God looked down at the earth and said, I just need one man to find grace in my eyes? Oh, how strange, how coincidental did it happen to be Enoch's boy? Where, where did Noah get that kind of faith? Where did Noah get that kind of belief, firm belief in God that led him to live a holy life? when the rest of the world was living in an ungodly manner. Yeah. Granddad, yeah. what were the walking conditions? He walked with God in his daily, ordinary life. You know, I, I think we put the context of walking God in my morning devotions from 6 to 6.30 or church, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, uh, special music, my ministry, whatever I'm involved with in, that's my walk with God. Christians, we know better than that. Walk with God starts when you wake up and it finishes when you go to bed at night. And your walk with God goes way beyond your morning Bible reading or your prayer on the way to work. It really is revealed in the middle of your day under stress and duress and the conversations that are taking place around you, the music that's blaring and the craziness that you're dealing with, can you still walk with God and live righteously and speak right and respond right and not participate in what is the garbage of that lifestyle? Can you still be a light? Can you still be a witness? Can you still hold on to truth? Can you still withstand the pressure to compromise or to become invisible in your faith, that's a walk with God. A walk with God revealed not on Sunday, but on Tuesday, and Thursday at 3, and Friday at 10, and Saturday at 2. And Enoch never put his walk with God in a box where he said, God, you have 30 minutes of my morning, 
and 15 of my evening. That's not a walk with God. That's a designated Bible reading prayer time. Robert, a walk with God is when you're walking down the street in a hot Texas sun and someone's dressed immodestly. Walk with God is saying, I'm going to turn across the street so I don't have to follow this person. We don't put that in the context of a walk with God. And a walk with God says, we're having a corporate event and we want you there on Thursday night. And you know, everything that goes on is going to be drinking and cursing, filthy conversation. And then there's a choice that has to be made. Walk with God, young people, is not 7.30 family devotions. It's 10 o'clock recess at school and there's six girls and one begins to criticize a teacher, and you say, hold on for a second. I'm walking with God. I'm not participating in this conversation. I have no business here criticizing that teacher. I'm tapping out because i got to make a choice this moment if I'm walking with you guys, walking with God, and I think I'll just walk with God. When we understand that walk with God is 24-7, and here's what, we have the presence of the Holy Spirit, but he had the presence of God, and, and God said, I'm pretty comfortable with this guy, Enoch. I enjoy his company. So we have an extraordinary walking companion and an extraordinary walking condition and extraordinary walking completion. The text says Enoch walked with God and he what? He said, I'm going all the way till death. Now, here's the way I see it. So he walks with God. Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday and Sunday and Monday and Tuesday and you know it says I like this and God says I like this too. So habits formed and basically the two are spending time together every single day and months pass and years pass and decades pass and now centuries pass and they've spent so much time together and they just enjoy each other's company so much their walks get further and longer and Enoch's house grows more and more distant and one evening uh, God looks at Enoch and says Enoch I think we're closer to my house than your house how about if you come over to my house for the night and Enoch said that sounds good to me he just didn't realize there was no night where they were going Let's, let's, let's do that. So they did that. Now, in my mind, there's no details, so I'm wondering how this went down. Did Enoch just walk out and everybody said, where's Grandpa? Well, you know, he's getting older and he has a bad hip and he likes to walk. We don't find him tonight. We'll look for him tomorrow. Or... It just says he walked with God and he he was not. So what do you tell the police? (laughs) You know, he filled up the car with gas and he has a credit card. I mean, he didn't have any of that. Can can you imagine the FBI? He's 365. Where's the man going to (laughs) go? You guys are looking at me like, (laughs) like you have no imagination. I I like, to, I like to consider these things and say, Lord, what's, what, you just left us hanging here. But here, here's what I believe. I believe God used his life as a warning to those kids 
I, I don't think that grandpa just woke up one day and disappeared. I, I think he and God had a talk and, and God said, you, you ready to tap out? You ready to go home? Let, let your family know the next walk we take, we're walking to my place. I believe he did that because these men were living hundreds of years and the flood was going to come and the wickedness of man was going to be punished and they needed revelation. And you know what the revelation was? Eternity is real and God is real and they didn't have a Bible to prove any of that. And God said, Enoch, I'm going to use you as a visual illustration to your family that I'm real and heaven's real and eternity's real and they better get ready because I'm going to judge this wicked world. So Enoch, when we take our walk this weekend, we're not going around the block, we're not going through the forest, we don't take the normal trail by the lake. We're, we're taking a trip north. Okay, and you need to hug some necks and say some goodbyes and put some things in order. Uh, let your family know at this point uh, we're walking home. So the light will come on for some of your kids that don't have faith, that, that don't understand eternity's real. Let me say this tonight, Cap City. If Enoch could walk with God in that day, in those conditions, with that little light, I think we need to focus and say, God, by faith, in his generation, I have no excuse. You know what? How many, how many, like, to, how many like to finish exactly like Enoch? I believe our generation can. Because he walked with God till he got raptured out. You say, Pastor, I believe we're living in the end days. Well, then walk like Enoch. Walk with God until you walk right off this planet. Say, God, I just want you to know I want to get as close to you and be around you as much as I possibly can. And I want you to be comfortable with me and I want to be comfortable with you. And if you're not comfortable in church, you're not comfortable with the Holy Spirit bringing conviction, if you're not comfortable in reading God's Word, God's not comfortable with you. Young people, I would love to know that in our high school, in our grade school, in our junior high, in our college, we have a large group of young people dedicated to walking with God.